Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. The Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Tim Kalinowski of Action Network, and I'm joined by the BCS crew themselves, the heartbeat of our college football coverage, Brett McMurphy, Colin Wilson, and Stucky. I want to start us off, guys. I look at the AP poll. You got nine teams, nine undefeated teams in that top nine. And you look at this weekend, kind of think of it as nine teams, nine problems. We got a bunch of legitimate contenders, probably more than we've seen in a long time, but a lot of legitimate, uh, I would say, flaws in all of these teams. So I'm going to put the pressure on you guys. I'm going to put nine minutes on the clock. All right. That's what we're going to do. A minute a team. Here it is. Real life clock here. And I'm going to, I'm going to spit a team to you guys. And I want you to tell me why they will win the national championship and why they won't. Kind of their, their kryptonite. What could be the downfall? So let's start with the number one team in the nation, according to the AP poll. Georgia, they are plus 300 to win the Natty on BetMGM. Brett, why make the case for and against the Bulldogs? I'll make it short so Stucky can eat up my nine minutes. Uh, Georgia <laughs> will win it because of the easy schedule. Double-digit favorites the rest of the way till they get to the SEC West title game. They will roll to the playoffs. Uh, I don't think uh, anything's going to stop them. Uh, and then it, when they get there, I th- even think they can lose the SEC West title, or excuse me, SEC championship game and still get into the college football playoffs. And the kryptonite? Um, well, no one's repeated in, you know, 80 or 90 years since my freshman year in college. Does the pressure finally get to them? Do they have, you know, offensive issues with uh, with Carson back at quarterback? They kind of showed a little bit of weakness on the road to get Auburn against Auburn. Uh, you know, problem is they don't play anybody on the road that's that's good enough to beat them. But maybe if the pressure cracks or they get some more issues off the field. Um, but, you know, right now it's hard to go against them. Fair enough. Colin Wilson, how about your Texas Longhorns? Make the case for and against. It's going to be, might be hard for you to find, uh, you know, a chink in the armor. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I mean, Texas is going to win the national title because they are one of the best teams in the nation in the trench on both sides of the ball, and they showed that against Alabama. You have to have that, and you have to have an explosive factor, and the fact that Quinn Ewers is what made one mistake this entire season that lives up through Oklahoma, this is the number one team in the AP poll. It's the number one team in my power ratings. It's the, it's the team that's going to win the national title. I love it. Fair enough. And why, why won't they? If you can find it. If it's hard enough for you, I know it's hard for you. Texas does not generate a lot of havoc. They are not big about getting behind the line of scrimmage. They're okay in passes defensed. 
not enough to just take the ball away from the other team. So if you can have long sustained drives, you may be in luck against Texas. Fair enough. Stucky, I'll pass the torch to you. Your assignment is Florida State. Make the case for and against. Uh, yeah, by the way, I would say, I think Brett meant to say three-peat. No, it's three-peated in, in yeah, my bad. Uh, 100 years. But I uh, just wanted to clarify that before someone. Minnesota, by the way. Minnesota in the them. 30s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Florida State, It's I think it's just overall consistency. We've seen them look great in flashes and not so much in others. Uh, but they have the explosiveness. They have the defensive line that can cause havoc. Uh, so, you know, they have a really experienced quarterback. Uh, so they have all the pieces there because, look, anyone in this like 10 to 15 group mix, which we just haven't seen in recent years, usually there's one to two teams that are clearly above the rest. It's not the case this year. Florida State's in that mix. They have an explosive enough offense. Uh, you know, they have some questions at right tackle, you know, on in the secondary. But this there's pro talent on this team. They're in the mix. They can do it. Uh, I would say the biggest thing that could hold them back is – just overall consistency and uh, that defense. All righty, I like it. How about by the Michigan? way, Tim, how was that? How was uh, we should tell the people that you just uh, you showed up in Lexington on Saturday. I get so I'm out on Saturday, and I'm watching all the games. We have like YouTube TV on some TVs, so there's a delay. So I have to have my phone on Do Not Disturb because then I would get an update from the Action Network app before I'm watching it. Um, so you texted me what what is the what is your what are your wife's bars? I didn't think anything of it. I just answered you really quick, thinking that maybe you have a friend that was in Lexington asking you. And then I come from I come from one bar to the next, and I'm walking through, and I'm like, "Is that Tim?" And there you were, uh, just in the bar down in Kentucky. I had no idea you were going to be there. And uh, yeah, you picked a good day to visit because the bars were mobbed because Kentucky happens to be Florida. It was a fun day in Lexington. Did you have, did you have any quick thoughts on on Lex? I love Lex. I love Lex. I, you know, hey, you you said you were buying, so I had to make sure I got my way down there. It was great to see them uh, beat Florida. I liked Kentucky in the game before I was going to the game. So, you know, I threw a little more on Kentucky just because I was there. But I have no bad things to say about Lexington or Kentucky or your hospitality. Everyone should get down there. It's a fantastic, fantastic time. So thank you, Stock. I think we'll get more into that. I think I think as we roll here, we could touch on that more. So, but anyway, thank you. Um, and in the meantime, we'll pass it back to Brett, top of the order again. Michigan, Brett, these your assignment. I think they can win it because you look at how consistent they've been, uh, even without Jim Harbaugh in the non-conference. Um, now he's back, obviously. I think they've been the Big Ten's most consistent team. Can't say that about Ohio State or even Penn State. Um, so if they can continue that, continue their mastery of Ohio State, uh, certainly they can win it. Um, why they can't win it? Well, they got to prove to me they can win in the in the playoff. They haven't been able to do that. You know, that TCU loss, boy, that really the, – the, the further we get away from that game, the worse it looks, especially how they lost that game. Um, and then specifically, the end of this year, if they don't survive the final three, and I ne- wouldn't have said that at the start of the year – at Penn State, at Maryland, sandwich alert, huge sandwich alert. Sandwiches. And then the Buckeyes. Uh, if they don't sur- survive those three, uh, they won't win at all. At the very least, uh, Maryland is live for a, a backdoor cover. At the very least. At the very, very least. So that that is something to keep an eye on. And the team, there's just too many good teams. And an, another one of those teams is the high-flying Washington team out of the Pac-12. Colin, for and against Washington. For Washington, this is the best offense when healthy. We'll see if uh, Jalen McMillan is playing, but uh, when healthy, this is a well-oiled machine. Uh, Move it up and down the field professionally. looks like an NFL team throwing down there with Michael Penix uh, Jr. So, I mean, it doesn't matter that they're kind of mid when it comes to running the ball. The offense is so electric through the air on every down. Um, It's hard to keep up with that. And they do flashy. (laughs) They are flashy. I would say they haven't been punched in the face yet. We'll see what happens when they get into Pac-12 play. But the defense is the reason why Washington is not going to win the national title. They're bottom 10 in defending the run. Uh, they don't have any havoc. I mentioned havoc before. They, this team really doesn't create any havoc. They'll let you go up and down the field. No pass rush. Can't stop the rush. Uh, the defense is ultimately, even if Washington makes the college football playoff, that's what's going to keep them from winning the national title. Uh, we'll move to Ohio State. That is Stucky's job. 
I was going to pass it to Brett, but I'll just keep less people outside Brett's door with uh, pitchforks and knives. So we'll, we'll give Stucky Ohio State here. Yeah, and I, the Washington, the one thing I just I can't wait to see with Washington is that pass defense. That's the only thing I'm worried about. Otherwise, they looked really good. Ohio State, I do think the defense has improved. We've seen that uh, this year, and you could expect that with Jim Knowles, who I think all of us and most in the betting industry and, and college football world respect. Uh, but it's just it's the offense. I, I think the the offense is ultimately going to hold back Ohio State. They have the talent. Like if you look at the roster, that would be the case for them, right? Like the pedigree is there. There's a lot of talent, but uh, you know, in an improved defense, and they were what a missed field goal away from winning the national title last year. But that was with C.J. Stroud, and I just don't see it with Kyle McCord. I think ultimately there's also issues on the offensive line, and you know they lost that they were. They were bullied by Notre Dame up front on both sides of the ball. Uh, so even the defensive line, even though it's a lot of talent, they can get pushed around at times. But I ultimately think it's Kyle McCord who, look, I, Notre Dame doesn't drop a wide-open interception. He throws for 200 yards, and they score 10 points with Marvin Harrison Jr., the best receiver in college football, finishing with 13 yards. And then, you know, there's people are throwing tomatoes in Columbus at, at Kyle <laughs> McCord. Um, so – yeah, I I don't I don't see it. Now he can he can progress and he can get better. Um, you know, he's still very very inexperienced. Uh, I personally don't see it, but that would be the case for Ohio State. The talent on the team, the improved defense, and um, if you you know you have the the best receivers, arguably the best I would say the best receiver group in all of college football. That goes a long way. But you got to get the quarterback play. You got to get the tackle situation. Really, the whole offensive line figured out. Uh, I ultimately think it'll be McCord that does hold them back and um, we'll see what the Buckeyes do next year in the air Nolan uh, era. So uh, they have a lot of talent on that team. I just don't see it with the offense. Maybe uh, after Ryan days, next win, he'll be going after stuck after Stucky. Who knows? Brett, a team that we think it's pretty glaringly obvious what their weakness is, but give it to me for and against USC. Yeah, unfortunately, the playoff has already started. Stucky went so long on Ohio State, so um, I'll go uh, USC. Look, I'll be honest; they can't. They can't win it. Uh, I'm just being honest. They can't. They won't. Uh, the rest of their schedule: Utah, Washington, at Oregon, at Notre Dame, UCLA. You know, pick a team, any team. They're going to lose multiple games. So why won't they win? It's obvious. Two words: defense, or specifically <laughs> lack of defense. If they let Colorado put up those numbers, Colin, I owe you a stake. They let Colorado put up those numbers against them when Colorado's offense had regressed by 100 yards in each of the last four games. My God, what are they going to do the rest of the year? It's going to look like USC and Tulane in the Cotton Bowl the rest of the season. Sorry, Trojans, no fight on for me. (laughs) And speaking of the Pac-12, Colin, Oregon, you broke it down at the beginning of the year. One of those teams that has a front seven on the defensive side of the ball that can have them hang in there with the high-flying Pac-12. So tell me why they can and why they won't. Well, they could because of their offense. This is the top-ranked offense in the nation when it comes to quality drives and finishing drives, two metrics that are important to can you get the ball down the field and can you cash in on your scoring opportunities? Oregon leads the pack of any team that anybody's named. That is the best team. The problem is on defense and Oregon yearly year in year out produces a great pass rush. They can get in people's faces. They can start pressure uh, and they follow the Dan Lanning, Georgia mold where they only send four people and they're able to still get some uh, quarterback hurries and sacks and pressures in there. But the problem it's always the problem for Oregon is that they do not have a run defense whatsoever. Considering their strength of schedule is outside the top 100, they have middling ranks and line yards and other rushing stats right now. Plus, the biggest factor on why Oregon can't win the national title, because the games aren't played in Autzen Stadium. There's a huge <laughs> home road splits with Oregon. I mean, I don't know where they were the first quarter against Stanford, but that's going to get worse. Every time that Oregon or Bo Nix goes on the road, it's not the same team that we see inside of Austin Stadium. So as, uh, as great as this offense is, they're not going to win the national title. <laughs> you ruined it. I was going to ask you at, after you finish where where is the where are the college football semifinals being played? Um, so you, you beat me to it because I, I agree that's Rose Bowl, right? So that's not that's not the same thing. We'll see how they do against UCLA. Maybe I think or yeah. Houston, Houston and Atlanta, or maybe no Rose, 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 Rose Bowl. Yeah, yeah, semis. Got it. 
Yeah, they uh, they don't play Portland State in the college football playoff. That that might be the reason. Stucky, round us out here. Why will our Penn State futures cash, or why did we uh, make a donation to BetMGM? Uh, this is an easy one. The the reason that they would win it because they're in the mix is their defense. Might have the best defense in the country. It's dominant. They can yeah just really suffocate opposing teams. They can create havoc, cause turnovers. What will hold them back is the offense. We need, we still need to see more explosion. Uh, they're not making mistakes, which is good. So, but you know, once you get to the college football playoff, if they get there, um, and maybe something else that can hold them back is the schedule. Like they, can they get to the Big Ten title game if there are all these? T- if Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State are all eleven and one, because right now the schedule's not. They did get a big win with Northwestern upsetting Minnesota, but. The way that the tiebreakers work, they'll prop it'll probably be Ohio State if that happens. Um, so that's something they're working against them. But I think it's just the offense. I need to see a little more juice and explosiveness from the offense in order to have more confidence in uh, Penn State as a national title contender. The defense is there, uh, but what would hold them back is if the offense doesn't really get better and they don't really have uh, anybody, you know, one or two guys step up and start to emerge as real downfield threats in that wide receiver room. So uh, defense is there, national title caliber, offense not quite there yet, and that's what could potentially hold them back. Yeah, stat of the show that I'd like to throw in here, Drew Aller, right? Five games, he's only attempted seven passes beyond 20 yards, completing three of them. That's it. This team, they refuse offensively to take shots for explosive plays. Yeah, so the question then becomes, is that because – their their defense is just dominating, right? And you can just go through the motions. You don't have to show much. You can just, hey, let's just not make mistakes. Or is there, you know, and they're saving the offense. And, but, you know, I think I, you would like to see some more and you want to practice throwing downfield. But uh, some of that might just be like game script opponent related, which is, you know, why I'm very excited to see this Penn State offense go up against Michigan, go up against an improved Buckeyes defense, and then we'll really learn uh, – much more about them with more solid data points. But yeah, that's a, a great stat that Colin brought up because that's, that's definitely the missing piece here. And uh, we'll find out if it's just real or opponent adjusted as the season moves along. Yeah, the, the offense only really gets going when the number's in jeopardy. So, you know, uh, it, uh, it, it is what it is. Please <laughs> stop. Uh, everyone, I keep, I keep getting it brought up about, it was. Uh, <laughs> well, guys, very good it. job. Very good job. 15 minutes there. That could have went 150 minutes. So uh, pretty good job. Pretty good job on, on our end. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We're going to move to our weekly... How many, how many of the minutes were made? did I take up? 10, 10, 12 of the 15? We can look at the advanced analytics for that adjusted uh, <laughs> words, words per assignment, words per team. But yeah, I think the eyeball test would have been you stuck. <laughs> the, um, we got to do our weekly Colorado talk. I'm sorry. It pays the bills. Uh, big win or, you know, 
I guess, big cover. Colin, shout out you for that handicap. They beat you, or USC beats the Buffs 48 to 41. Is that more a reflection on Colorado or USC? Brett, I think you already answered it, but you might have to go beat the drum again. I think it's more uh, USC. Again, Colorado hasn't done much offensively the, since Nebraska. Uh, they should have lost. They should have lost Colorado State. Oregon showed what happens when they play a real team. They can play on both sides of the ball. So yeah, it, it tells me all I need to know about USC. The the games against Stanford and San Jose State. Uh, you know they're up forty points at halftime, and then the second half, uh, nobody really challenged them. It was obviously much different. With Colorado, which does not bode well for the Trojans. <laughs> Colin, jump in. Yeah, I, I either said it on our podcast with Stucky or I said it somewhere else on our Action Network stuff. But uh, the Colorado offense fit the USC defense like a puzzle piece, right? Because <laughs> Colorado cannot run. And all they do is hit shots on second and third and long. They are passing down explosive kings. And if you look at what USC's defense is, all they do is give up big plays and long downs and long down and distance. So to me, the cap was, uh, I remember Monday or Tuesday feeling like it just can't be this simple. But when the game played out, it is this simple is that USC cannot stop explosive passing attacks and long down and distances. And that's the way it played out. But the USC defense is getting worse. And I saw Caleb Williams take a couple pops there. He took one sack that was, he was just absolutely drilled. How many of those is he going to take before he starts thinking about the next level? I guess we'll find out. Stucky, was it indeed that simple? USC just can't stop a nosebleed. Yeah. I mean, look, we saw, we saw the week before Arizona State, an offense that scored, uh, was shut out by Fresno State with eight turnovers and four different quarterbacks the week before was in a shootout with USC the next week. Uh, that's all this is. And um, yeah, the Colorado story, uh, it'll emerge back up, but they're, I mean, they're dead. They're not relevant in the college football out. They're not relevant in the Pac-12 race anymore. So like from a, and, and like they play Arizona State on Pac-12 network this weekend. Then they play Stanford, uh, you know, on a Friday night. I think that game kicks at like four in the morning on the East Coast. So like for the next couple of weeks, they're, uh, it was fun, um, and we'll talk probably, you know, uh, I mean, they, they, maybe we'll see if they get the bowl eligibility. That's like kind of, kind of the next thing I'm interested to be to see with Colorado. But, yeah, that was all about USC defense. We we knew the USC defense stunk, and they're just not getting any better under Alex Grinch. Lincoln Riley refuses to make any change. Like, this is all – USC is just Oklahoma that just picked <laughs> up and then moved to Los Angeles, and it's the same problem. You have same great – you have the same great offense – of success we have Heisman quarterbacks all these weapons you can put up a million points and then you have this defense that's going to hold you back because of Alex Grinch and they just they don't spend that much they just don't put that much attention and time into it it seems and it's the same thing that we saw at the end of his tenure in Norman literally same coaches and same problems uh so yeah this is nothing new this is just the USC defense is bad Sadly, Mr. McMurphy has moved Colorado out of the L.A. Bowl, the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl, and into the Independence Bowl in Shreveport. Deion Sanders doesn't need to go to Shreveport. He needs to go to L.A. Against who? Uh, Against Oklahoma State. Could you even imagine? Wow. Yeah, Oklahoma State won't get to six wins, so that'll, that'll, believe me, that'll change in a couple weeks. (laughs) Well, Coach Prime did say last week, get us while you can. I think another coach that might fit that bill is Hugh Freeze because that game went down to the wire against Georgia. Does that final result say more about Georgia or Auburn slash Hugh Freeze, Brett McMurphy? You know, Tim, I think a little bit of both. I think, you know, this is Georgia's first road game, first road start for for Beck. I I think, you know, Auburn can be, I played Auburn over the win total um, for for the season, before the season. I thought they were a little undervalued, not that they were going to roll out 10 wins or anything. So it certainly didn't surprise me that they, they challenged Georgia. That's a, that's a tough place to play. Um, you know, I think it tells us that, you know, we don't know, we don't know about Georgia cause they haven't, they haven't played anybody. I mean, I know I keep saying it, but they, str- they struggled with South Carolina till they pulled away late. They struggle with Auburn till they pulled away late. You know, we're Kentucky. They, you know, Florida, maybe at Tennessee, Ole Miss now, Stucky's 
Rebels are alive in the in the SEC West. They need Alabama to drop a couple, but uh, I mean, Stuck nailed it Saturday on his on his play with uh, Auburn getting points. Um, that was just a great spot for Auburn, and I think it tells us a little bit about both of them. Problem is, I don't think we're going to learn m- much about Kentucky until um, you know the SEC title game. Georgia. Mm-hmm. Georgia, Georgia, I'm sorry. Playing Kentucky <clears throat> next week, Colin. Got an opinion on the matter? Yeah, I I don't think I don't think I've said this out loud, but let's go ahead and get it out of the way. If you're going to allow Peyton Thorne to run zone read and get around both of your defensive edges, you're not winning the national title. If you're going to allow Auburn, a team that has consistently struggled with offensive line consistency, to post 5.9 yards per play when they rush the ball, seven runs of 12 yards or more, you're not going to win the national title. I, and I'm glad that Carson Beck is playing clean football. But at the same time, I said this on the podcast yesterday with Stucky. The, when Todd Munkin left for the Baltimore Ravens, that left Mike Bobo behind. There is no change from series to series to series on offense. Todd Munkin was a wizard. He could implement a new game plan on, a, on the fly. I don't see that out of these coaches and this coach's staff, especially on offense. But defensively, when Peyton Thorne is running zone read around your edges, there's a huge problem. So I am firmly in the bandwagon of taking Georgia out of the top of my power ratings and saying they're not going to win the national title. I don't know who's coming out of the SEC West. Ole Miss. <laughs> but it ain't going to be – they're going to be Georgia probably. Roll Tide. Yeah, I, I, I was – when I was watching Ole that Miss Auburn game – Ole Miss is going to win in Georgia, uh, in Athens. All Mark right. my words. Judkins, I mean, if Peyton Thorne can get around the edges, what's Judkins going to do in that defense? So, I would, I would agree. I think that says that. Look, it was a great spot for Auburn, and Hugh Freeze is now twenty-seven and twelve against the spread as a dog in his career. One of the most successful underdog coaches, and that's and now ten and two against the spread when uh, getting more than two touchdowns. He's won three of the past four outright in that spot, and almost did it again. But I think it said so. Look, but. Auburn, it was a great spot at home. Weird things happened in Jordan-Hare. But, like, we didn't really learn much more. Free still hasn't figured out the passing attack. Well, they throw for 80 yards. So, I, I think this is way more concerning for Georgia for two reasons. One, I do think the offense is not as dynamic anymore. I mean, Brock Bowers is awesome, but, like, I think it's a downgraded back. I think the offensive coordinator is a downgrade. But they knew that Auburn couldn't do anything. Like, this is an Auburn team that did could not throw for – they threw for 150 total yards against – uh, Cal and Texas A&M. They knew they couldn't throw it, yet they couldn't stop the run. Like, that's very concerning to me, some of the, the issues with their run defense. But more importantly, it's just the complacency. There's something off with this team. They, they haven't played anybody, and they really won't. You know, make, make Kentucky could certainly give them a game. Ole Miss could, until, like Brett said, the SC championship game. But if they keep playing, they're going to get picked off before then by somebody in SEC play. Because it's number, there's just something that's off, and a lot of it, I think, is just complacency. They have, you know, you win back to back national titles, and you have, you know, a absolute cake schedule against Cupcake State every week. It's like it's hard to get up, and you're seeing that. It's like you know, d- down at half to South Carolina at home. Um, you know, you can't, you just don't come out with any fire for Auburn your first road game after everyone's like, what's going on? And still, they don't come out with any fire early on. Something, something's all. I think it said more about Georgia, um, but also a bit about Auburn. Freeze will eventually get that offense turned around. He needs a quarter. He needs more consistent. Uh, he needs to get upgraded offensive line. Probably a better quarterback. But uh, it was a good spot for Auburn. I wish they did win, but uh, I think it said more about Georgia ultimately. Yeah, I, I don't know what took more years off my life: a trip to Lexington or watching that Auburn Cal game a few weeks ago. So that kind of clouded my judgment on Auburn. So. Uh, a little quick plug, Calabrese and I, college football player props that we give out on Friday. We had Bowers touchdown, Bowers over receiving yards. Speaking of the tight end, we got to give some love to some non-quarterbacks out there. All the, all the talk is quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. We got to show we know a little something more than just quarterbacks and point spreads. Colin Wilson, can you shout me out a non-quarterback from this season, maybe last week? Give us a little love. Yeah, let's go with Luther Burden at Missouri. He is currently the highest ranked wide receiver in all of PFF, uh, the most explosive, the most elusive. He's averaging, I think, 4.4 yards per route run. Two yards per route run is explosive. Luther Burden has doubled that. Missouri, if Brady Cook is healthy and he's throwing the ball and he can get it the ball to Luther Burden, it's going to be a just a monster 
monster season out of the guy that probably might win the Belintikov. So I know it's tough when you got bigger wide receiver names out there on the block. You think of Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Ekbuka. There's other wide receivers out there worth mentioning. But from a stats perspective and a grading perspective, Luther Burden III at Missouri is number one. Mizzou, Mizzou, Mizzou. Matt Mitchell will be happy to hear that. Brett, show us some love. Someone other than a quarterback. Colin, you want some stats? How about this? Leads the nation in receptions per game, 11.3. Leads the nation in receiving yards per game, 135. That's Colorado State's wide receiver, Torrey Horton. Because of Horton, everyone obviously remembers the meltdown against Colorado. The Rams lost that game. With Horton, I think the Rams are positioned to still make a run at the Mountain West title. They open play Saturday against Utah State. Even with those Pac-12 losses and the non-conference to Washington State and Colorado, the fighting Mike Norvells can do it. And you laid out all your stats. I'm laying out mine. Horton, the best, since you've got your, your Missouri guy for Matt Mitchell, the best group of five receiver out there residing in Fort Collins. Yeah, Camara Colorado also, State. I would, I would mention Kamara, the D-end. Yeah, uh, he's, he's a stud, He's a player too. worth watching. He's a freak. Yeah. Uh, He'll get drafted for sure too. I'll go defense. I'll, I'll go def- defense. Uh, team we just talked about in Auburn. One of the most uh, underrated moves I think of the offseason because the Auburn defense played really well. Auburn moved Jalen Simpson from corner to safety, and he is playing out of his mind. Leads the nation in interceptions uh, against Georgia. You know, you saw him get that ridiculous interception when he wrestled it away from the receiver. He broke up a potential touchdown to Bowers. Uh, he, he allowed a, a 16 passer rating uh, and had an interception, a PBU. It was all over the field, and he's rising on draft boards. And that move just has really taken the Auburn defense to the next level. They played great all year. Uh, and Jalen Simpson, a riser on draft boards, I'm assuming, uh, is definitely worth calling out. Yes, sir. And, you know, we got to talk. I'm so, I'm sorry. We got to talk. Trent Dilfer, one of the most all-time meltdowns you'll see. I mean, speaking of Matt Mitchell, only rivals the meltdowns he has with me. But, you know, it got me thinking. Marcus Spears said afterwards that Dilfer could use a good ass whooping. And I'm thinking, who else could use? There's a couple of people that could use a good ass whooping around college football. You know, Stucky for you might be Oklahoma. Maybe it's James Franklin. Maybe it's uh, these coaches. For not teaching not their cor- We don't need Penn State getting an ass whooping because we need them to <laughs> to keep winning. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, fair enough. Next but, you know, year. Maybe- next year we can get Penn State an ass whooping. All right. I mean, that is fair enough. We do need our tickets, and uh, you know maybe it's these coaches for not teaching the old uh, Patrick Mahomes slide short of the goal line so you can run out the clock and not give the ball back to the other team. I don't know who it is. Colin, do you have someone that could use a good ass whooping around college football? Well, there there are a number of teams that are already shooting up the second-order win total leaderboard, and if you don't know what that is, that is a Pythagorean look at who should have really won games and who shouldn't. Uh, it's a way to tell like whose record is a little bit fictitious and whose is a little bit fake. Three of the names on that list are Utah, James Madison, and Wyoming. We could argue that maybe they've, been, they've won a little bit more than they should have and their post-game win expectancy wasn't exactly where it should be. But if there's one team that laps them all and is not even close, it's Central Michigan. There's a team that has three <laughs> wins. They should have won 1.2. So if there's a team that deserves to have their ass kicked. Fire up Chips. Mac Champs. They have been rubbing their rabbit's foot, whatever they've been doing before games. They should not have three wins. They should have 1.2. <laughs> Snucky, I was with I was with you in Lexington. You were pulling your hair out over Oklahoma, Iowa State. Is your pick Oklahoma or you got someone else? No, Oklahoma actually deserved that cover. The first half they were getting lucky. Um but you know, I watched the second half, they were they were dominant, they deserved that win. Um yeah, Oklahoma does deserve it. That's coming though. That's coming this weekend against Texas. Uh <laughs> but um I'll say who deserves a good ass open? Um who did I have? I forget who I had. I had a team down here. Must not deserve it that much. Yeah, I think. Oh, uh, I, I duh. It's uh, Ryan Day. I mean, cool. <laughs> it's, 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 it's Ohio State. It's this Ohio State team, and hopefully, it's at home against James Franklin and Penn State in two weeks, three weeks. I think that game is three weeks. So uh, I hope that's the ass whooping. Yeah, I I hope it is too. I can't wait and just. 
you know, I'll give the honorable mention to to Penn State for the old fake kneel down. Make sure they cover. It's just it's been crazy. But aside from the whole whole betting perspective, the these teams that run up the score, James Franklin, notorious for it. Brett, in your history of talking to coaches, having your finger on the pulse of the you know college football media landscape, I've always kind of felt like you know what goes around comes around. When you're in that spot, you don't do it because you know eventually you could be in that spot, and you know you don't really want someone doing it to you. Brett, it, it's Am I right in thinking that, or just there's kind of no rules in college football? It's the Wild West. We're talking about jobs. We're talking about players. We're talking about resumes. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the relationship between the two coaches. If you knew two co, if you know two coaches despise each other, then certainly um, you know use that in your handicap. If you think that one of that that team will be up late. Uh, you know, when Steve Spurrier was at Florida, I mean, I don't he I don't think he was necessarily doing it for anything related to the spread, but he would th- he whenever they played Georgia, they could be up five, they could be up fifty, and he would keep throwing in the end zone until the final gun, and he could care less. Um, you know, so that's obviously a rivalry where that happens. I did a story last year, you know, for the Action Network, and basically asked you know a number of current and former coaches if they what they thought if coaches knew the line, how much that played into their decision-making. Every single one said, absolutely, everyone knows what the line is. Nobody would be quoted, (laughs) current or former (laughs) coaches. That's how um, concerned they are about it. Um, But a lot of them said, you know, look, we're not going to risk a multi-million dollar coaching deal to cover a game or do something, you know, underhanded, if you will. But there are plenty of examples and, uh, you know, I know Stucky wasn't born in 1995 yet, but um, probably the biggest one was Penn State and Rutgers. Penn State was a 20-point favorite, leading by 18 with a minute left. Joe Pa claims he called a running play. Well, Mike McQuarrie, Penn State's quarterback, threw a 42-yard touchdown with a minute left to cover. And after the game, um, Graber, Doug Graber, the Rutgers coach, and Paterno got into a you know, explicitive laced conversation. And I talked to Doug um, a couple of years ago about it. And he told me, he goes, look, why was Penn State throwing the ball? I find it hard to believe they were trying to cover, but I really don't know. And then there was a report that came out later that McQuarrie may have had a gambling problem in college, perhaps explaining Penn State's late touchdown. So there's isolated Uh incidents like that all the time. Um, but ultimately, they know what the number is. Um, I don't – I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, maybe a little bit. But I do know if they don't like the other coach or there's something going on between the two programs, they absolutely will pile it on. All-time story. All-time story. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we jump in to our injuries, I just want a quick reminder that BBOC is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky now, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming, Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 year old, 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I will toss the rock over to Stucky for our injuries. Yeah, there's about, uh, I don't know, there's still like over 30 to 35 teams that have quarterback injury or and or are juggling starters. We will have something out on ActionNetwork.com. I promise I'm not going to... Uh, Read forty team names this week. A lot of them Come are on, still gotta, the same ones. My pen's you, ready. I'm ready to go. If you, go. If you really want to, uh, <laughs> um, if you really want to hear me do that, you can go to uh, last week's show. But um, I want a couple worth mentioning. I mean, New Mexico had 
they had what DC Tapscott came in. That's a, that's a real name actually for Dylan Hopkins. And then Devin Dampier got a lot of snaps too. So we'll see what happens with the Lobos quarterback situation. I'd also mentioned UTEP. Gavin Hardison didn't play. You had a couple Kevin Ma- Kevin Hurley, Jake McNamara in there. It was a mess for UTEP. Tyron Smith, their star receiver, their only explosive play. He was supposed to be back last week, wasn't. Now it was said today that he's not going to be back this week. I have no idea what's going on with him. He was in the portal, was at Texas A and M, then left Texas A and M, came back to UTEP. Really good receiver is not playing. UTEP is a. a an absolute mess right now. I I, I don't think uh, our UTEP friends in El Paso are very happy with uh, Dimmel and company. Um, Arizona's worth mentioning. Um, Jaden Delora wants to play at USC. Missed one game. Noah Fafita was decent, the freshman. So keep an eye on that status. Uh, and it looks like Taylor Green is going to be okay, but. Uh, head coach Andy Avalos didn't say whether or not he's still the starting quarterback. And uh, Maddox, Matt, Maddox Madsen entered the first the uh, first quarter and returned to finish the game. Boise plays San Jose State. So the next two opponents for San Jose State have uh, quarterback questions for sure. And then we saw Blake, Blake Shapin return for Baylor in that crazy comeback win over UCF. And uh, Baron Morton for Texas Tech who played well for Tyler Shuck, who's going to be out for, I think, two more months. So um, those are a couple that I wanted to just bring up. We'll have more coverage on it on our podcast previews later in the weekend on ActionNetwork.com when we have uh, the weekend primer. Colin, anything that you wanted to uh, add? I think that are two that are not injuries that are worth mentioning. Taylor Green, no longer the starting, the starting quarterback of Boise. He's going to share snaps with the backup. Brennan Armstrong is going to sit for, was it MJ Morris? We bet on MJ Morris a few times last year. So, uh, you know, there's just, it's not an injury, but it's definitely two quarterbacks. I didn't see taking a step back and allowing the backup to take over some starting duties with uh, NC State and Boise State. Yeah, also, I I just wanted to throw one more. Braylon Braxton, the projected starting quarterback for Tulsa, he suited up last week, went through pregame warmups, was heavily taped, didn't play. They play, uh, I think FAU this weekend. I we'll see if he does get the get the job back. I would expect him out there, but that's another one worth mentioning. And, and happy trails to Cade McNamara. It was it was <laughs> yeah, fun. Cade McNamara. I don't think there's much of. I, I think that Iowa's offense might be better now. You're going from like uh, a trash can full of trash to like yeah. I I I don't know. I'm not coming up with a good analogy here. You're going from trash to trash, but like. He was hurt. He was clearly hurt. Like, I, I don't think the offense is going to get any worse without him. Might even be just a tad bit better. So maybe they'll score, like, you know, seven points instead of six in the game. Um, so, the, yeah, he's done for the year. The uh, Colin, um, I had a friend sent to me at NC State missing MJ Morris. They made, uh, you know, cutouts for uh, for the quarterback that they wanted starting down there. So cla- classic yeah. college football. And just a, if anyone has a quick thought on the, you know, classic Kansas Daniels injured the morning of the game, I was uh, tailgating in Lexington, so I wasn't near my phone. Another bizarre situation there. Well, yeah, I mean, that was, he hurt his back, he hurt his back, right? right. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got a back issue. Uh, he's had it for the past few weeks. Uh, they play UCF this week, bad spot for UCF. UCF may get back John Rice Plumley though. Um, yep. You know, Timmy McLean had the play of the year in that in that game on fourth and ten, running back thirty yards into the end zone. But um, yeah, that quarterback situation for UCF Kansas on both sides is something to keep an eye on. And yeah, Daniels, I was bring that up too. Daniels did not practice today, and I don't think he'll practice all week. I'm sure it'll be a what is it one hour before kick on the field, see how the back feels. So that it's another line that you're going to have to avoid all week until you get more information. Yep. Yeah. Colin, you said in um, the the preseason that the most important quarterback in the country might again be the backup in Kansas, being extremely capable. But you know, obviously Texas yeah. is a lot to handle. Um, if we're done on that front, we can move to sources stumper. It may sound easy, but it will test your head and your mind and your brain. 
too. There you go. I don't claim to be no 36 ACT now. Let's go. Uh, Sources Stumper, America's favorite game show. Uh, Stucky leads Colin currently five to four. I'm looking for one answer or two points. And then after you answer that, I've got four four quick uh, additional answers worth one point each. Hopefully this won't be too difficult for you guys. Since 2014, that's the first year of the college football playoff. So since 2014, which current Power 5 team has scored at least 10 points in every game it has played in the past 10 years? Colin, you can go first. Oregon. No. Stucky? Scored at least 10 points in every game since 2014. Yes. Current Um, Power 5 team. I'm going to say USC. No. Colin? Alabama? Yes. Wow. 127 games. Roll Tide has scored at least 10 points in every game. Okay, so the next question is, there are four teams that have scored 10 points in every game except once. Oregon and USC are not two of those four teams. So there's four teams that did it every game but once. Stucky, you're up. Current Power 5 programs. Um, Clemson. No. Colin? Oklahoma. No, no they, they missed twice. They got shut out last year. They got last, yeah, they, they missed twice. Last year. last year. I've completely blanked out last year. I was going to say Oklahoma too, but I, I last year kind of fucked them, fucked all their numbers up. Um, uh, Tim, while, Tim, while Stucky takes a minute and a half to make his next guess, go ahead. <laughs> um, I was falling asleep at the wheel a bit, uh, but Ohio State. That was my next guess. That is correct. Ohio yeah. State, one sixteen out of one seventeen. Stuck, you got an answer? Let's go Utah. No, Colin. I'm going to play relevant to sources location and say Central Florida. Good guess, but not correct. Tim, you want to go two for two? Oh, boy. Um, Give me Michigan. Wow. Two for two. <laughs> Man, you guys are going to you're going to get uh, <laughs> Wally pipped out of this. Uh, that was sorry, my, Stuck. That, that was, was before my, your lifetime. You can Google Wally Pip. Uh, stuck, you're that up. Was, that was my next guess. Uh, Ole Miss. I <laughs> know. <laughs> sorry, Colin. I mean, we haven't guessed Washington yet, right? There was some Correct. bad offensive we have, in there. I'll say Washington. We have not, but it's not Washington. All right. Uh, Tim? You know, this is really, this is like for the entire steal here. I know. Oh, man. Okay. Hmm. Screw it. I'll go Florida State. Uh, no, that's not correct. Stuck? Let's go. Yeah, Let's Florida State's been under me. 10 four times. Way down the list. Yeah. Um, it was bad there for a while. I don't know. Texas? No. Um, okay, I'm going to give you the two conferences. Pac-12 and Big 12. Colin, you're up. UCLA. Yes. Hey. Very nice. 106 out of 107. And the last one, Big 12. Tim? Oh, we're so, uh, I'm between two teams here. This is so easy now that... Uh, look who's asking this question. <sighs> really, though? It's been... I don't believe that. It's been If you pretty... two don't answer it, that's going to be my answer. So. That's, my, that's my guess next. Uh, I'm not doing it. I'm going to go contrarian. I will go TCU. That is incorrect. Stuck? Don't, don't, say. don't do it. They didn't get 10 points in the national title game. Uh, that could have um, been their one. That could have been their one. That's true. Uh, no, I mean, Oak, Oak State. No, hold on. Oak State didn't score ten this year already, so I'm not going to say them. <laughs> like they, they, they only scored seven points against South Alabama. Um, so, uh, and Baylor's are they've only scored less than ten already this year. Oklahoma State um, hasn't scored ten three times, so it's not. It's yeah, not the Cowboys. I know. I, I just I disqualified them. Um, I get I get points for making sure I didn't touch that. That was that that was would have yeah. been too easy. I'll say Houston. Yes, Stucky, nice wow. one. That was good. One eleven of one twelve is they they only scored one touch one offensive touchdown against uh, UTSA. Because they had a kick return, and it was the no. I'm sorry, they had who did they play? Where they? Oh, TCU against TCU. They had no offensive touchdown, and it was the first time since 2013. I remember reading that. 
So they've had at least an offensive touchdown in every game. So I figured that they that maybe that they were the guests. That's a good one, though. I like there you that. guys go. Like nice that. job. Um, one last thing: the one guess each, just quick. the The team that has scored that has not scored that has scored ten points or more the fewest times. Current Power Five team, seventy one percent. So that means twenty nine percent of their games they've been held below ten points in the last ten years. Iowa. No, stuck. Vandy. Nope. Tim. Oh, I was gonna say Iowa. It's no fair. Let's say Rutgers. Yes, Rutgers. Wow. <laughs> the worst of everybody. Right above Akron. Go Knights. Headed to a bowl game this year. Greg Schiano, Big Zips. Ten Coach of the Year. I mean, if I didn't clinch my spot into the big dance from that performance, like I don't know what. I want to look at your uh, RPI. We'll see. <laughs> All right, before we get out of here, we're not we're not going to talk about Sam Houston State, but just a quick look ahead to the games during the week. For the record, Sam Houston State travels to Lynchburg. They are 18.5-point dogs. Stucky, do you have anything on the Wednesday-Thursday slate? Any bet? I don't as of now. Um, I kind of want to fade Western Kentucky in that defense, but La Tech is not a team I'm looking for to back uh i'd like to get seven with fiu uh, so i'm waiting on that but uh, nothing as of right now colin yeah stucky's on the right path louisiana tech can win that game outright western kentucky i just wrote it up there'll be a full write-up at action network uh western kentucky is having some serious offensive momentum issues throwing the ball with austin reed uh there's there's a lot of and their defense just sucks their defense is absolutely terrible but their offense is not as consistent as it used to be not as explosive as it used to be and LaTeX brings in two corners. One's a slot corner, which is important where Austin Reed likes to throw. But they rank first and sixth in the nation and forced in completions. This LaTeX secondary is the strength of the defense. They can't defend the run. That doesn't matter against Western Kentucky. So look at Louisiana yeah. Tech. They have two good running backs, and that's something Western Kentucky can't defend. So yeah, take the points. It's steamed down from seven to five and a half for a reason. Grab it now because I power rated a pick. I think they can win. All right. And Brett, are you going to go dumpster diving? Uh, if not, I'll have you just maybe give a little teaser for Murphy's Law. I'd someone come up to me earlier in the week and say, I always say, I work for Action Network. They said, oh, you're the guy that works for Brett McMurphy. So maybe you have something on that front. Yeah, uh, you didn't tell me you met my sister, but thanks. Um, <laughs> no, I got nothing. Um, I don't have anything for uh, Wednesday, Thursday. I'll make it really, really quick. Love, 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 love. The over in Kansas UCF. I don't care who's playing quarterback. That's your uh, analysis on that game. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. It was a pleasure, guys. Well done. Had a lot of fun. That'll do it for us on this episode of BBOC presented by BetMGM. Podcast returns Wednesday morning with Mike Calabrese, Mike Ionello for week six of Group of Five Deep Dive before Colin and Stucky's big betting preview episode out late on Thursday. Thank you very much. It was a tremendous week. A lot of contenders. Looking forward to week six. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.